Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 76 of the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy, of course. And I am your co-host, Dana, and we're back. We're a little jet-lagged. We're a lot jet-lagged. Oh, boy. We took the red eye coming back from Anchorage, Alaska last night and got in oh. as a recording. We were actually a little late in getting tonight's or today's episode out. So we yes. are, instead of normally we record on Monday, we're now recording on Tuesday to, we were. to release later this evening. Flying a lot. 14 hours. 14 hours. Overnight. Oh my God. Four time zones. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I don't are you more sore from the run or from sitting in the airplane? I think it's a combination of both that has rained down upon my body. <laughs> my my knee does not like me at all. I'm right there with you. I Ooh. I'm as y'all know, I'm coming back from <laughs> surgery and the knee did very well over the weekend. I'm, yes. I'm very happy to report. Very proud of you. But it did not care for its time in the airplane. No. Even with our oh. best efforts to get aisle seating, get the Comfort Plus, so you get extra leg room and all of that, mm. there's just nothing that's going to make it better when you've got to basically be seated for the better part of 14 hours. Yeah, it was. And it's not like you're seated and you recline and you can elevate your leg like you needed to do. It really was like you're in a confined space, although we had more leg room. Yay, Comfort Plus Delta. But it's still a cramped place. Yeah. Uh, there was a point, I think, somewhere after Salt Lake City on the way up that I just got up and stood and stretched and yeah, I think they were looking at me kind of funny, but I had to do you know calf raises to get some blood flow and all of that. But oh, we were lucky that we didn't have a whole lot of turbulence. It was a nice smooth flight so that you could do that periodically yes. and they didn't say sit down and stay down. Absolutely. <laughs> I, we were, we were really fortunate on both flights up and back, all legs, fantastic conditions, great flight crews. So, you know, not a sponsor, but Yay, Delta. Yay, Delta. Got us there in one piece. Yep, we love it. Didn't lose our luggage. Nice, nice, nice flight crew. And I... Cruise. Yeah, yeah, cruise. Plural. Many, many Many cruise. Many (laughs) cruise. Prior to us going, we were having a little debate amongst ourselves about whether or not we should pack our hydration packs. Yes. I've got the Camelback... Lobo, you've got mm. a, another Camelback version, and you've got that dual bladder system going yeah. in yours. And we were really debating hard whether or not to bring that. It's so hard when you do a race for the first time and to when, know. And when you're traveling, you've got such a premium of luggage space. Especially when you're flying. We were debating this back and forth. I put it out on a bunch of Facebook groups yes. and said, hey, you know, what do you think? Would Do you trust no one and bring your own? Or do you trust in the on-course support and leave the hydration pack? And I was really surprised. I got a, a kind of a mixed... Like a 50-50 split, really. Just about, yeah. But we'd like to hear from some of you guys. What do you all think of that? 
do you think that it's mm. okay to trust the on-course support, or are you in the trust no one camp? Let us know. Shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. Or you could call us at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. And let us know in a minute or less who you are, uh, where you're calling from, and what your opinion is. Where do you come down on this debate? Yes, in the great civil war of bring your own or trust the race course. great civil war? Yeah, you know, like the Iron Man, (laughs) Tony Stark, uh, Captain America civil war type thing. Which side are you on? Are you on team bring your own or team trust the race course? Next week, we'll dish about this and we'll share. And that's when I'll share my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And let you know what we did. We have two races, actually, that we did. As a part of the Anchorage Run Fest. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. We flew out right on the tail end of Podcast Movement 2019. Oh, we we spent the week, the first few days of the week up in Orlando <sighs> learning from some fantastic that was great. folks that are doing incredible things in the yeah. podcasting space. And great. what a great time. Learned a bunch. Oh, yeah. Met some great people. But then we had to come home, do laundry, repack, and go. Yeah, yeah. And that was for the Anchorage oh. Run Fest. Yeah, we really needed more time in Alaska. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, once you get past the fact that you're flying basically halfway around the world, especially if you're coming from Florida, <laughs> yeah, then once you get there, it is incredible. I mean, the, it's so beautiful the, and different from Florida in every way. From, yeah, and, and it was great. Um, the race was under heat advisory. Ha! Oh, sorry. <laughs> Heat advisory. I'm sorry. (laughs) They were under heat advisory because the highs were expected to get into the 70s. I shouldn't laugh because (laughs) when we look at our weather app here, we see like, you know, oh, it's a temperature of 85 and it feels like 104. Right. But up there, it's like, hey, the temperature is 77 and it feels like 77. But you know what? The, the, the <laughs> It's true that when you start talking about heat and weather like that, it is all relative. And it's what you get accustomed to and you get acclimated to. So you yeah. know, for a lot of the runners up there, especially the locals, mm-hmm. they were they were feeling the heat. Yeah. So we had two races, actually. We had the Anchorage One Miler. And we're going to recap that and the beginning of our fabulous weekend up there in beautiful Anchorage. Next week on our episode, we'll actually break down the half marathon and Sunday. And we brought, we we found so much great food and beverage to bring to you that we're going to talk about a couple of places here and a couple of places next week. And we're going to pepper in some quick bites too. Yeah, we'll have a bunch of bonus content for you guys over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, like and subscribe because it's going to be worth checking out oh yes and apple podcasts or wherever your podcasts are served Podbean, show some love from the podcast movement because we caught up with our our Podbean friends who were kind enough to sponsor the coffee service yes at the expo which you know shout out to them for that that was great that was vital yeah coffee is life as you know if you follow instagram runny drink podcast of course so so (laughs) 
The Anchorage One Miler. Yes, let's turn to that. You know, a lot of people would say, well, it's just a one miler. That's not much of a race, but it's absolutely a great event. First of all, everything was located or starts out at least in downtown mm-hmm. or and just outside of downtown. Literally, if you are getting a downtown hotel, you are walking distance to the expo, yeah. to the one miler, mm-hmm. and to the start line of the half or the full or the ultra. Yeah, if you're if you were staying at the Hilton, if you were staying at the Marriott down there next to the visitor center, it you are a stone's throw steps away from the convention center and from the start of the one miler and of the uh, other races this on Sunday. But this one miler, you know, that you'd be like, well, that's not going to last very long. Well, the good news is they actually did several. They did several, yes, because it, it's a certified race. It's a championship race. At, so they had the women start at 11, and that was very uh, a, a competitive women's race. And then the men went off at 11.20, the military race at 11.40, and then the one that we ran, the community one-miler, which... Yeah was the most laid back. We initially, when we signed up, we were like, well, we're not going to be part of the competitive group. Right, right. You know, we tend to be the back of the Packers, of course. But when I saw the women's race and the men's race both, there were a, a wide range of abilities in there yes. from darn near elite runners to yeah. folks that were basically walking it. So and a, a mom and her daughter Yep. in that women's race. So, I mean, the way it was described on the website, I was like, hey, I'm not competitive. I just, <laughs> so I'll just be a part of the community race at the tail end of all of that. But I think that we could have participated. Oh, yeah, we could have, uh, although we would have had to run separately. Yes, and, and then, I don't like that, especially then, with you coming off the surgery and recovery, and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, um, and then the military mile was co-ed. Yes. So it was just all of the folks that had were serving served. or have served mm-hmm. in the armed services were able to run that one together, and then our community race. So we, mm-hmm. did, the, we did the last leg. That went off right at noon. noon. Yeah. And the park, what they do basically, they have a a large rectangular quadrangle style flat park Mm -hmm. there that's abutted by roads on all four sides. Yes. And when we first got there this, that morning, that Saturday morning, it was set up for the kids 2K. They had the kids races before they even started the women's, men's, military and community mile. Mm -hmm. So they had that all set up there. In the middle of the park itself, Mm -hmm. they had this big festival going on. Yeah, it was like a family-friendly... Family-friendly, like kids' fest kind Mm -hmm. of thing. They had safe kids worldwide there. They had food. Yeah, there was a pizza booth. A pizza booth Mm -hmm. that was a a local place that does... uh, Take and bake. Take and bake Mm -hmm. pizzas. Yeah. They had Kalati Brothers Coffee, which is a local roaster. Mm -hmm. That was a food truck that they had out there. And then they had uh, some other stuff that was just really unique unique to the area. And if you're not from a rural area and you're not from a place that has a strong hunting culture, then this might look a little bit strange to you. But they had a hunter, a, a children's hunting safety booth, booth yeah. there. And it was just really neat to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had some other booths with some games set up for kids. So... It just, it had a really great community feel. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and I liked that, that you could hang out before your race, you could then come back and kind of explore what they had to offer after. And they had representation of runners from, I think they said 46 states or 40, Is that right? 48 states. I was 40 something. I missed the exact number. And a couple of countries as well. Yeah. And so they were coming out. Many were like us doing the one mile as kind of a fun run the day before. Yeah. And then getting ready to go do the, the half marathon the next day. Mm-hmm. So the race itself. Talk about the course. Yeah, the race itself was around that community kind of event in that park, that quadrangle that you described. And the weather was just gorgeous. No rain, no really strong wind, nice sun. It was at 11 in the morning, and I think that that's one of the latest start times we've been in terms of a morning race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were in no hurry to clear the streets or start and get it over with. And that was really nice, especially for us coming from Florida and we were so messed up on time with the four hour time difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was, that was great to be able to kind of get up in the morning, have breakfast, go walk over to the park. Yeah. Take our time. Take it all in. Take it all in. Take it all in. And so the, the mile was around that quadrangle on surface street and it was a loop and a half. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. One and a half around the park times around the park. Flat. Mm-hmm, very flat. Paved. Paved. Streets were in great condition. Mm-hmm. No traffic to speak of. Nope. That area. It is literally, uh, I want to say, one street over, maybe two from the convention center in downtown Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And then it starts transitioning into residential areas. Right. So literally across the street from the park, there were houses Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the park, you would be heading back into downtown. Mm-hmm. Getting to the businesses, convention center, hotel. So no traffic to worry about. Right. Great flat course. Mm-hmm. And then the best part, at the end of the one miler, <laughs> you get bling. Yeah. And they're, all of their medals kind of had this really unique look. It had the the ribbon was a nice blue like an aqua kind of blue with some Almost darker ice blue. blue like yeah well it's anchorage right it's Alaska mm-hmm. I guess I don't and then the metal itself had maybe a gold base but then like a purple metallic iridescent iridescent look, look. yeah yeah it was so so different from any of the other medals we've ever had. Yeah, this one stands out. It was really pretty. For a one-miler. Yeah. And it was a good-sized medal, too. I would say this mm. was easily... Bigger than a half dollar. Yeah, easy, easily bigger than a silver dollar. Or, um, yeah. But, you know, hefty, nice mm-hmm. and thick. I mean, good quality bling. Yeah, it was really, it was nice. So you, you do the mile, mm-hmm. get your bling, yeah. head into the park... We got a little take and bake pizza. Yes, that they we were did. cooking. They actually were preparing them out there. Yeah, I it was it was nice, and we got some water, and um, 
We met some really great people, got some really good recommendations. Yep, we ran into a couple of people. Two young ladies by the name of Jolie and Denise mm-hmm. who recommended a couple of restaurants and places for us to check out. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and what we also didn't realize at, at this time of year in Anchorage, there is such an influx of people. Oh. For cruises. Oh, my goodness. Our hotel was full of them. So you had people traveling up for the run. Mm-hmm. You had people traveling up or traveling up for cruises Mm -hmm. and then just the normal tourist traffic that they would get if the cruises didn't exist. Yeah, it was. Yeah, our hotel was full. So I think if you're going to register for this race weekend, you really have to jump on the yeah, the accommodations you're going to have early. To get that solid. Yeah, when we were initially researching this, it was hard to find a hotel. And we we do normally travel Hilton Hotels. Mm-hmm. That's our preferred brand. Yeah. Not a sponsor, just what we tend to go towards. Mm-hmm. And there were really only one option down in that area for us that we could get into. Yeah. And then the other option was, I think, an Embassy Suites, but that was about a 10-minute yeah, uh, I think ride. it was pretty far. It was a pretty good distance away. And then the next best options were things like Airbnbs. And mm-hmm. that would require us to rent a car because these were way Bed further out. Bed and breakfasts, that kind of thing. And way further out. Yeah. But if we head back up for this race again, we may have to do that and bring you guys some of that. Different. It would be different, definitely. Very much so. So after the race, we had we had a great time at the expo back at the convention center. Yeah, we stopped by uh, at the expo and did our bib pickup. Because we needed it for the run. For the run. But Mm -hmm. um, the actual bib pickup for the, I'm sorry, we needed our bibs for the half marathon. The bibs for the one miler we picked up at the the park itself. Yes. But then we went back over because the expo had some pretty cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, there were, you know, Booths that you would typically see where you pick up your shirt, pick up your bib, pick up kind of the race weekend information pamphlet or booklet that mm-hmm. you would have. There was a chiropractor, yeah, I so, think, a yeah, doctor. They had everything from sports medicine doctors, yeah. chiropractor, mm-hmm. massage therapists. Uh, the Skinny company. Ravens, the Skinny Raven fitness store mm-hmm. that they had. So just in case you needed body glide or socks or t-shirts or they actually had a really nice running belts area with Mm -hmm. merchandise not not branded merchandise for the race but just if you oh i was traveling i and you ran out of body glide Mm -hmm. or you you, tsa lost your shoes or something yeah you could have easily picked up they could have emergency emergency gear if you needed it there Mm -hmm. so that was good they had the medals on display Two of the guest speakers for the pasta lunch they had had their own booths, and one is familiar to us, and his name is Jeff Galloway. Yeah. And Marco Cicetto, they had booths, and they were kind of signing autographs and taking questions, and Jeff had his books and things and talking about his running clinic his running school that he had later on that day yeah that was a separate feature or function that you would go to mm-hmm. that was i believe that was a paid function it was. at a different like room in the upstairs above where the expo was on the main floor right 
And, and that's a three hour school where you learn all about the run, walk, run method. He takes questions. He tells you all about the different components of being successful, whether you're couch to 5k or running a marathon on his plan how all of that works it's very well done running schools we we took one in orlando we've just great we've gone to one and what i like about it is if you are the type of person that wants to attack this run walk run method as a technician and you want to know why it works Mm -hmm. he gives you that information he he'll he'll break down the science behind why it works If you are attacking this more as a motivational issue, he also gives you that. Yeah, the mental challenges and how to overcome them. So there's something for every type of runner at one of his schools. Again, <laughs> not a paid sponsorship. We, no. are, we are paid coaching clients of his. We love his method, believe in the guy, mm-hmm. and couldn't recommend it, it highly works. enough. It works. So he had a booth and he was talking about his running school and his books and things like that. And uh, but let's, you, you made mention of it. They yeah. did a pasta lunch. Yeah, they did a pasta lunch. So if you are into, if, if you would like to carbo load at the expo, they had for $12 a person, a pretty substantial pasta yeah, it was Lunch. basically an all-you-could-eat pasta buffet mm-hmm. and they had with different, salad and yeah. breadsticks mm-hmm. and different types of soup. sauces and a, like a minestrone soup at the end. A minestrone soup, and they had like a bolognese, they had a marinara, they had um, like a lemon sauce. Well, they had, it they? was like a primavera, pasta like primavera, a primavera with a cream sauce. cream sauce, yeah. So there were different options on the buffet, and it was, it was 12 bucks. And while you ate... You had the pleasure of listening to Bart Yasso, who's the chief running, who was now retired from the chief running officer for Runner's World until uh, 2017. And he developed the Yasso 800 training for runners. And what that is, is when you run 10 800s in succession at a particular time, that is a marathon predictor. Like if you run your 800s in 320 consistently three minutes and 20 seconds then you can run a three hour 20 minute marathon that's the deal yeah with him so he is very well known and very knowledgeable resource in the running community and then we also just a nice guy yeah he's so nice he was so nice and he was kind of like the master of ceremonies in in a way once he was introduced and they had jeff galloway and he he talked to a little bit about Jeff for those in the audience that didn't know him. And Marco Cicetto, who is the world record holder for double amputees, and he achieved that at the Boston Marathon in 242.33. Two hours, 42 minutes, 33 seconds, and yeah. the gentleman does not have legs from the knees frostbite. down, I believe, and he lost him due frostbite. to frostbite. Yeah. Just, I mean, those three up there. So we got a trio of amazing speakers who imparted knowledge, gave tips and tricks for race day, and also motivational information, just getting us motivated. And super funny, really nice. I mean, just so everything was positive there and, and so welcoming. Yeah, and I can't, Marco is living in orlando yes 
uh, the He's Orlando from Kenya. area. Yeah. He moved from Kenya. He was living in, Anch- in Anchorage, lived up there for, yeah. I think he said, 10 years. Something like that, I think he and said. And now yeah. he's down in Florida with mm-hmm. his family. Yeah. But then he comes back up there. Yeah. So he came and he, he, he just had a, you have to make the most of life and embrace it and go after what you want and not think about limitations his his message was so incredibly positive, and he was such just a nice guy. He really was. Yeah, that was great. And I think that we'll have snippets throughout the week on social media, kind of capturing a little bit of the wisdom and motivation that they shared with us at that lunch. Yeah, we should be able to drop in some yeah. some audio and video mm-hmm. segments yeah. over the next several days so that you guys can get the flavor. But yeah, so that was a, it was a great lunch and mm-hmm. that kind of set us up for success uh, mm-hmm. for the next day, which we'll be talking about next week. Sure. So stay tuned yes. to hear about the Anchorage Run Fest half marathon on yeah. next week's episode. Yeah. But once the running was done and we had gotten our carbo loading, we're back to the hotel and all that. We still had. A, a ton of daylight to kill. The sun didn't go Seriously. down until 11 p.m. No kidding. 30 there like we're, every night. It's 10 p.m. It's still like super light outside. Who knew? It's a different experience. Totally. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, and you, reading about it is one thing. Experiencing it is a totally yes. different thing. So yes. I highly recommend getting up there at some I mean, point if it's you on your bucket list do it yeah yeah as far as the natural beauty goes but then just seeing that and then a, a little bit later and if we had gone a couple of weeks later we probably would have been able to see the aurora Aww. at that time of year i know you're so bummed about i am that. i'm a space nerd yeah but but that doesn't mean that we didn't have some great experiences in terms of food and beverage to share with you now. That is true. We did. And just because we're up in Alaska doesn't mean that we're just going to be eating, you know, pemmican and, and dried beef jerky and, and, you know, really, you know, rugged well, frontier food. I mean, you dared people to like a post on Facebook so that you would try reindeer meat or whatever that was. That was canned reindeer meat yeah. and gravy. Right. I was more concerned about the fact that it was canned meat and gravy than I was that it was reindeer. <laughs> but um, thankfully, you all were merciful and didn't give it 50 shares. Some people tried. On. I know some of you did, not, and I know who you are. But... We did find places that we could go to get the flavors that yeah. we wanted from home, but had a... Unique spin, an, an Alaskan spin. An Alaskan spin. Yeah. And one of those places, from those ladies' recommendations, uh, Moose's Tooth Pub and Pizzeria. And this place is a apparently a local favorite. Yeah, because... Hello, we pulled up and there was an hour wait. Parking lots jammed. Mm-hmm. The outdoor beer garden area is full of mm-hmm. people sitting and waiting on tables mm-hmm. with a beer in hand. The non-beer garden area packed full of people sitting. Yep. And woo. I it, mean, it was. I mean, in every seat in the house full. Yeah. And including the bar. It's not the type of place that's on open table or where you can call ahead and get on the wait list. It, I mean, it's a wait, 
but it's worth the wait. Absolutely. It's worth the wait. And yeah. I mean, you know, and they do some nice things. I mean, there's plenty of seating in there for the people waiting. They've got mm-hmm. nice benches inside. The outdoor area has a nice uh, stone fire pit. Right. That was really nice. With more bench seating around. And so such you, nice people. You can meet people and, and hang out and have a beer. People were just striking up conversations with with folks. And yeah. it was so nice to see that. Yeah. So, so while we were waiting to have dinner there, have some great pizza that we're about to talk about. We also had some great brews that Broken Tooth Brewing supplies as part of Moose, Moose's Tooth Pub and Pizzeria. Now, that might sound a little confusing. You yeah. Have, yeah. You have Broken Tooth. Which is the brewing company. Which is the brewing company. Mm-hmm. You have Moose's Tooth. Which is the pub and pizzeria. Which is the pub and pizzeria. And then you have Bear Tooth. Theater Pub. And they have a separate location that's a Movies. movie theater slash pub. Yeah, so they're very, they they are in that community, and they're they're dialed in. They know what what's in their wheelhouse, and that's mm. that's beer and other stuff. Yeah, so this is the place where you can get some killer pizza and some other things. I'm sure we had, we just had pizza, but we will talk about the brews on a later episode. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the pizza. Let's talk about the pizza because the pizza was huge. It's Alaska huge. It what the large pizza and props to people who talked to us about it because they said, hey, get a really large pizza, get the large pizza so that you can have a half and half because there were so many different combinations of flavors that you could have gotten on pizzas. They had such a wide variety for any kind of taste that I, I just wanted us to be able to sample a couple of different ones. So we got a large, and they'll do a half and half, one one type on one side and one type on the other, you know. So so while we did want something that was familiar, we did want that Alaska spin. Different. So you chose. I chose a pizza called the Call of the Wild. Yeah. And the Call of the Wild is a pizza that is topped with reindeer sausage. You heard it right. Reindeer sausage. Steak, bacon, portobello, and criminy mushrooms, red peppers, green onions, garlic cream sauce, mozzarella, provolone, and garlic oil. Uh, well, I just have to say, yum. It was. Yum. And we're going to talk about that, and then we'll come back to that, because tell the folks what you got on your half. Well, on my half, I got <laughs> the brew house favorite which is a choice of chorizo or Italian sausage, sun-dried tomato, red onion, mozzarella, provolone, parmesan, and what they call Denali sauce. And Denali sauce is spinach, white, ricotta, based with uh, herbs and spices. Like a white sauce, not a red sauce. Wow. Yeah. And we were, at first, we were like, oh, hey, you know, Denali sauce shows up on a bunch of different things in this menu, what is that? And our waiter was like, yeah, it's spinach and ricotta and spices, herbs and spices. So I was like, sign me up. And of course, I had to choose chorizo or Italian sausage. And the chorizo is the crumbled type of uh, chorizo sausage, not the sliced. So I, I just, with that. I had to do it. I had to do it because Italian sausage we can get, it's very prevalent here. But the Denali sauce is really the unique thing about this 
this part of the pie. And the crust, I will say, is a little bit thicker than like a New York style that's really, really thin. I mean, it still had some puff. It did. Yeah. And the pieces were huge. Huge. So yeah, this was this was easily a yeah. 18 inch uh, like a manhole I mean, cover. It, it was enormous. The, this pizza was so big. Like a manhole cover, yeah. We didn't finish the whole thing in one sitting. No, no, we took some back to the hotel and I liked I liked that I got the chorizo which was crumbled on mine and then what I liked about yours the reindeer sausage was sliced sausage. Yeah, now let's let's Talk, let's break them both down. Yeah. Call of the wild. The reindeer sausage. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, because people are like, oh, it's Rudolph. Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, it really is just venison. Mm-hmm. So a venison sausage is going to be very lean yeah. unless they add fat back into it. Mm-hmm. So my guess is, even though they, they wouldn't say, was that they blended the reindeer with probably a little pork to give oh. it some fat would be my guess. Yeah. But you got this overall, you got a very firm, a very lean taste to those sliced uh, venison sausage pieces. Mm-hmm. The steak that they put on there was like... Uh, Super tender. Sliced, uh, almost like a London broil. Mm-hmm. A very tender. And again, the bacon and the, the mushrooms, everything played great, but that garlic cream sauce, almost like... <sighs> Best way I could describe it would be almost like an Alfredo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Without, maybe without being quite so... Um, thick. Thick or cheesy. Right. Um, and then, of course, mozzarella, provolone, and garlic oil. So this was, <sighs> you know, fortunately, I you know, I wasn't worried about bad breath, but <laughs> the flavor that you got, I mean, just so meaty, you got everything that you could possibly want in a like a meat lovers style pizza with ingredients that are uniquely uniquely alaska because reindeer sausage shows up on menus everywhere in yeah. this town even including a hot dog stand around the corner mm-hmm. from our hotel serving reindeer hot dogs yeah or in the breakfast or at the breakfast at the uh, hotel breakfast buffet at our hotel mm-hmm. yeah so it's everywhere and yours i really liked the meatiness the chorizo they did not skimp on the chorizo no it was the only meat that i had on that part of the pizza but it was so plentiful and so spicy but not it was just that right amount of spice. Enough to warm you up, but didn't knock your socks off. Yeah. And the sun-dried tomato just added a sweetness and a different texture. The red onion. I'm a big fan of red onion on pizza. Well, I was going to say, the sun-dried tomato, they didn't skimp on that either, which No, was it, nice. was, it was all over the place. And it was huge pieces. Not like discs, but it was... Um, Sliced. Yeah, like ribbons of it. Yes. Like ribbons of it all over the pizza. So you got the spice from the chorizo. You got the sweetness from the sun-dried tomato. You got the crunch of the red onion. And then you got the cheesiness of... The mozzarella, provolone, and parmesan. And the Denali sauce just added such a creaminess and an herbaceousness. Yeah, yeah, it was rich. 
it was really rich. So like two pieces, no, I, was, f- I was good. I'm a fan <laughs> of white pizzas. I mean, the traditional, of course, is to always go with a red. But mm. man, when you get a white pizza done right, oh. it is just perfect. And like you said, that crust was had like you said a puffiness to it mm-hmm. um more so than a new york mm-hmm. but not as not as bready as a chicago right. or a sicilian style right so, so kind of I, a, somewhere in between there i really liked it it was hearty it was filling it yeah and there's a reason that this place is a local favorite oh my gosh yes and i think we've got photos we do i'm pretty sure we've got photos of this pizza we do i should have put something down to show the scale of it. Probably. That's my regret. I should have put my Probably. hand down. Or Just imagine something. a manhole cover. I mean, it it was huge. <laughs> um, so so good. you're going to see photos later this week in our social media feed. This, mm-hmm. this pizza might even be in this episode's artwork. It is. So you might want to take a it look is. at that. And uh, put this on your to-go list if you were taking a adventure up to the Great White North. Absolutely. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo. Then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name-brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo. And then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Now, you mentioned earlier that we had beers from Lucy's Tooth, but we are not going to talk about those tonight. No. We're going to come back to those. We will. Because... We want to show you a different location in yes. the episode. Yes. But I promise you, it will be well worth the wait. Oh, yes. Stay tuned. Subscribe. You. That place was a complete package. But we found another place. That, that is also a very package. much a complete package. And <laughs> it couldn't have been more conveniently located. Oh, my God. If you ever stay at the Hilton it Anchorage. Is, Apparently, a new location for a local brewery called Matanuska Brewing Company. Yes, and they have several different brew pubs around Anchorage. They actually brew in Palmer, mm-hmm. but this place is relatively new. They took over a space that wasn't uh, doing very well, and they have just redesigned it, revamped it. It's gorgeous. It looks so outdoorsy and red and... Uh, yeah, they, they, they have a deck. The indoor part of the location is painted in almost a brick red. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But it's wood paneling on, or not wood paneling, it's wood walls that are painted red. Uh, black ceiling, they've got that, you know, Edison lights hanging from, they're almost like cafe lights, but they're larger Edison style lights. Mm-hmm. They've got... Um, 
antlers up on the walls. But what I really liked was they took a ton of really good quality black and white photos yeah. from their Palmer location. From the from the brewing, from the place where they do the brewing. And they were adorning the walls in these black and white photos showing some of the company's people and their, you know, where it all started for them. The canning process, the brewing process. It, uh, yeah, I just loved it. They had a lot of high top tables. They had a lot of seating at the bar. A tiny stage for like maybe mm-hmm. a one or two person act yeah. to do music. And they had a whole schedule that was posted around that you could see. So there, they had plenty of musical acts coming up where you could go and have a brew, have some fun. Fantastic space. Yeah, really. So we ventured in there and we wanted to sample what they had. And the oh. first thing that we noticed was a ton of taps. Yes, a ton of taps, and their founder, their owner, is actually featured in one of the tap handle images, that Space Fuzz Hazy IPA one. It's a space-themed decal for the beer, and it's a picture of an astronaut, and it's Mm -hmm. his face in the astronaut's helmet. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah, the the tap handles were really cool, and the wait staff... They were so great. Very welcoming. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like going there and hanging out with friends. Yeah. I, I, if we lived up there, I could see us just hanging out there. Oh, absolutely. After work or just on the weekend and they have an outdoor space with picnic tables set up, but they're still, I think they're still working out the licensing because you can't take beer out there. You can have food out there, but you can't take beer. Correct. The The deck right basically is is off limits to beer. They actually had it posted mm-hmm. that they were in the process mm-hmm. with the city permitting, yeah. and I think they were projecting September 20th So was their date where that would be open to be Hopefully able to drink beer out there. Get that done. And part of the reason for wanting to do that is the location right where <sighs> we were at, this at this spot, when you go outside, you're basically looking down on, I think it's Anchorage Bay, Mm. and it, often to the right, there's shipping, and then off to the left, there's just open water. Yeah. And this is actually part of the area that we ended up running along during the race course. Mm-hmm, for so the half. it's a beautiful view, and you'd want to go outside and take advantage of it during yeah. the summer months, I would think. Oh, yeah. So Gorgeous view in the daytime, gorgeous view when it finally gets dark at night. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Eventually, whenever that might happen. Yeah, so I, I really like what they've done with the space. I hope they continue to have success and they get their outdoor patio all licensed and worked out. Well, if they keep making beer like they <clears throat> are making, I don't think success is going to be a problem. Well, I don't think it is knowing that they have multiple locations. I want to say it was about 16 taps that they had on, I don't, on I, tap. I mean, it was multiple pages when we looked at what to do. So, of course, we had to get flights. And we each got a flight. Yes. And I don't think we overlapped at all, did we? I don't believe so on this, this one. This time? No. Smart. More to share. More to share. Yeah. Sometimes we overlap. We can't help ourselves because we have similar tastes at times. But in this one, I think we have, what, eight different beers to share? I believe so. Yes. And you want to kick us off? I will kick us off with the Backcountry Blue. The Backcountry Blue, which is 4.5 
uh, percent ABV and 15% IBU. It 15 IBU. Uh, oh, 15 IBU. Yes. Sorry. Did I say percent? You did. I'm still yeah, jet lagged and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me some time to, to get back on the floor to time. But, uh, yeah. So the back, the back country blue, it's a blueberry beer. And it looks, you know, like it's got that blueberry kind of tone in the the color of it. Not like deep blue. No, it's not super dark. It doesn't look artificial. It looks like if you hold it up to light, it's almost looking at some of the colors you would get in a sunset. One of the one of that. the purples yeah. you would get in a sunset. That's yeah, okay. that's what I think. The flavor is sweet, but not overly sweet. It's not going to punch you in the face. It's not a dessert beer. It is light, medium carbonation. There's no bitterness at all. You get the the aroma of the blueberry a little bit. And the taste is almost like a blueberry Jolly Rancher. I think that's spot on. You let me <laughs> you let me taste this, and I'm not generally a fan of fruited beers, but this was really yeah. light, easy to drink. Yeah, this would be something I would do a whole pint of. Yeah, and I you? yeah actually did when I, we went I, back and experienced their food. Yes, so highly recommend this one. What do you have? Well, I started off with what they call their Snowbike White. This is an unfiltered wheat beer with orange peel, coriander, and more. And they don't say what the more is. This clocks in at 4.76 ABV and 40 IBU. I called this Matanuska's version of the popular orange coriander wheats that you see a lot. So mm. your, your Blue Moons, mm-hmm. we have a favorite that we get at here in Florida over on the other coast at Barrel of Monks. Wizard Wit. Wizard Wit. Yes. So how does this one stack up? Well, um, this one has a light body, cloudy pale yellow color, mm-hmm. allows most light through. It's yeah. cloudy, but not milky was the way I described it. Yeah. Moderate carbonation and the orange peel and coriander aroma is there, but not really strong in the flavor. And then it has a nice wheat finish to it. Yeah, so I really liked it. Very light, very drinkable. It stacks up. It's a it's a strong offering in that style of those those Belgian whites like that. Yeah, that was good. It was it was a good one on your flight. And I had next. I had the unfiltered raspberry wheat, four point seven six ABV, twelve IBU, and it it looks almost like strawberry lemonade in color. It had kind of a two tone color going on. That absolutely, is what it looked like. Yeah, which was really kind of unique. It was a hazy color when you held it up to the light. The the nose is kind of wheat, and the flavor is wheat with a slight berry flavor, a slight raspberry flavor. It had a lighter body, no bitterness, and medium to high carbonation. I would say it does not qualify as a dessert beer, 
and I know that I've had two fruit beers here. I almost had a complete flight of all their fruit offerings. They offered a lot. Because they had a grapefruit IPA that I was looking at too. But it it's not a dessert. It's not overly thick. It's just a slight berry flavor. So nice on a hot day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'd get a f- whole pint of this as well? I would, but I think that I would go for the... For the backcountry blue first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Nothing now you know. I mean, I like the raspberry wheat, but it's a, it's a nice wheat raspberry beer. I just, the, and that is so surprising because blueberry is not normally a thing that I go after in any kind of entree or any kind of dessert drink, any dessert. Drink. No, I'm not, right. It's not one of my favorite fruit flavors a lot. So. That's so it was very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you have up uh, next? So up next, I went strong. Um, <laughs> this beer is called the Magnitude 9.2 Strong Ale. And as you might guess, it's made to commemorate an earthquake that hit the area that came in at 9.2 on the Richter scale. The beer itself comes in at 9.2% ABV and 20 IBU. Mm. This was a medium-bodied, medium-carbonation, golden, uh, medium-golden-colored beer. Strong flavors of grapefruit Mm. with hints of tangerine or kumquat. Yeah, it was really citrusy when you let me try it. Yeah, uh, and... It had a lingering bitterness on the back of the tongue. And in my notes, I wrote that it was a more bitter, less citrusy bromosa. So if you've been listening to us for a while, there's a local brewery here in Florida that makes a fantastic beer called Bromosa by Big Storm Brewing. And that is a tangerine brute IPA that they make. Um, so it really reminded me a lot of that one, mm. but it, but again, it was it was it was a little more bitter and a little less citrusy than that. It was very good. Very good. Um, definitely, this one had some punch. Mm. So, with a nine point two, I'm going to say I, while I might do a pint, it might be my last pint of the night. Your last pint, or your only pint, or of my the only night, pint of the night. Think? Yeah, that's. That that one's clocking in, you know, at basically double the strength of, of your average beer out there. So you got to take your time. Well, I had to take my time with the next one because it is also a heavy hitter. Speaking of heavy, heavy hitters, your, your 9.2. I also had one that came in at a 9 ABV and 24 IBU. It was the Imperial Blonde, and it, while it was not my favorite, it, it was a nice, strong offering as far as blondes go. They, it, it was a darker golden color that kind of reminded me of the color of Cat 3. Um, it had a wheat aroma. Cat 3 being another beer from, from Big Storm, <laughs> Big Storm we since recently you're, just I'm featured I'm here on the, on the podcast. I have it on the brain. So, yeah, it's a darker golden color. Mm-hmm. And it had a wheat aroma, just a wheat aroma. And it was smooth. It had a thicker body. 
and medium carbonation. It was just a slight, slightly bitter finish. And so if you are a fan of just the wheat flavor and you want a higher gravity, then that might be for for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Back to punch. I was staying kind of up there with my next one. I oh, was, yeah? Yep. I went with their Wee Heavy Scotch oh, yes. Ale. I remember this now. <laughs> and this is a beautiful um, clear medium amber colored Scotch Ale that comes in at 7.4% ABV, only 35 IBU, uh, nice medium body, notes of toasted malt on the beginning with hints of mm. caramel at the finish. Fantastic beer, easy drinking, again, a little higher in terms of the ABV, so you may want to moderate a good bit with this with one. With that one and the previous one. And the previous one. Yes. Fortunately, these were only, uh, I think, three and a half ounce tasters. Yeah. So, you know, just got a, enough to enjoy and then move on. Right. But fantastic offering by these guys here, the Wee Heavy Scotch Ale. Yes. Yeah. And I, a Scotch Ale is something that you like a lot, that when you it's gravitate done, to. When it's done right, I like it a lot. I've had a couple that I, I, I thought were pretty rough. But you say this is done right. This one's done right. And you would get a pint. I would do a pint of this. Yeah, yes. I'd do a pint. I'd do a pint and maybe multiples of the next one I had, and I believe this is the last one in my flight. Mm-hmm. The apple ale that they have, which is, I I was kind of coming down here on the end. It's 4.5 ABB and 10 IBU. And it, it, it's a, a very golden color, apple ale. And it was billed when, it, when they brought our list back, how they had it written was a honey apple ale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that was not what was on the menu. But I did get the honey type aroma. And that f- kind of contributed to the flavor. It was a, a golden color. And... The flavor of the apple, it can differ across the board when you talk about fruit beers, apple ciders or fruit oh, beers. Oh, certainly that are, with ciders. Yeah. yeah. This, you can sometimes detect the types of apples that would be used or what it's reminiscent or the flavor that they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And the Washington or Macintosh apple flavor in this fruit beer was great. It was great. It was not really overly sweet or syrupy. So it wasn't like a, a one and done. You could have more than one because of the low ABV as well. Mm-hmm. I it, it was like, it was perfect what you said when I let you try it, that it was like apple juice. Yeah, this tasted like um, hard apple juice. Hard apple juice. It'd be the best way I could describe it. Yeah. And there are some ciders that I don't particularly care for. I don't know what happens in the process when they make them, but this this was just perfect apple flavor, reminiscent of adulted up apple juice. Mm-hmm. And I would have more than one pint of this. Absolutely. Yeah. It was great. Do you have one more for us? I do. My fourth and final offering is the Deep Powder Porter. Again, their themes tend to be you know, things that are you know, I like it. uniquely Alaskan or, you know, in that uh, the Great White North, you know, 
I like it. Living in the snow. Yeah. This is a porter that comes in at 6.92 ABV, only 35 IBU. This had a very light body with medium carbonation. It allowed very little light to pass through. Had an initial sweetness on the as you took your first sip. Then you get a strong flavor of toasted malts. And what I noticed about this beer mm. was that as it warmed up, the flavors opened up more. Oh. And it was yeah. actually better, a little bit warmer. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, when it was coming right out from the tap, ice cold, I didn't get a lot on it. And I was like, mm. okay. Interesting. I, I, I took some initial notes and then I went back through some of the other beers and I got back to this. And I'm like, oh. Okay, there's the malt. Yeah. Oh, there's the sweetness. Sometimes okay. temperature changes the flavor. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. And it, this was the, definitely the case here. If you had asked me when I first took a sip, would I want a whole pint? I probably would have said no. Now? Now I would absolutely get another pint of but this. But you'd let it sit a I would. I would get it, let the conversation go for a little bit, then go for it. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, this one just needs a little bit of time to get, get up above uh, tap temperature. Yeah, but... In your four, what would be your favorite? Oh gosh, I I wasn't unhappy with any in my four. Uh, the mm-hmm. the probably a toss up between the wee heavy Scotch ale and the deep powder porter. Yeah, yeah. I there. I I think that if I were going for a lighter bodied beer, I would go with porter mm-hmm. and the Scotch ale for something a little a little more uh, substantial. I think I would do the backwater blue from mine if I was wanting to drink a couple and maybe have it with some food. Mm -hmm. And maybe I would do the apple ale as maybe a way to finish the meal off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good call. I like those two a lot. I mean, the whole whole flight was great. And their, their offerings are just, they're great. I I loved everything we tried, and I can't wait to talk about the food in a future episode. Yeah, we've got some great stuff coming. These guys are not only making killer beer, they're making some amazing food as well. Uh Um, Something that I'm going to say was just a comfort food bomb that you won't want to miss. Oh my gosh, you must, must have what we're going to talk about. So that's coming up in the next uh next over the next couple of weeks so stay tuned yes so that does it for matanuska the brew pub the brewing company and stay tuned for their food offerings like you said throughout the week and you know as we end the show as we close the show i really have to say thank you to those people who have subscribed to us in podbean who have gone to leave us a rating or a rating and a review on Apple podcasts, because that's how we get discovered. That's how we get offered up. Yeah. The more that we get rated and reviewed, the more frequently the podcast is shown to people when they're searching for podcasts. So we can build our community from there, but I just want to say thank you to S Swan 22 for the newest rating and review on Apple podcasts. And she, she called us, Dana, she called us the Power Couple Podcast. I love that. (laughs) 
And she says, I absolutely love this podcast. I love hearing about the places they run, how or why they choose the venues, and the tantalizing food and drinks they enjoy along their running journeys. It's the perfect podcast for food and drink reviews, very detailed with realistic expectations. They are couple goals. Very well-spoken, funny, relatable, and they give me a major travel bug. Love them. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That was such a sweet review. And five stars, too. You rock. Yay. And So thank you. And again, we would really appreciate it if you take a moment of your time, head on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. It really, really helps the show. Yes. And... Like you said at the top of the show, reach out to us with your, how you come down on that argument. Do you take your own hydration pack, your own running belt, or do you trust on course support? Info at runeatdrink.net or give us a call and leave us a voicemail, 941-677-2733. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Just keep it to about a minute. Tell us your name, where you're calling from, and we'd love to share your response on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And stay tuned for next week for more from our Anchorage trip. So for now, it's your host, Amy, wishing you a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run Eat Drink Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run Eat Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941 677 2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.